This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Big Sneeze Chris. Sam's got kicks and the angels got owned. So you're saying we're both a couple of dumbasses? Rest in peace, break home. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where we're covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. We do it every single week here at Monster of the Week, Chris. It's right in the title. We do it every right single week. We, we bring you content about Supernatural somewhat, sometimes. Correct. Sometimes. Correct. Sometimes we talk about the show on this podcast. It's sometimes we talk about big sneezes, but that's, today we're here to do both. That's true. Uh, everybody, Chris is very embarrassed because he's, he's got the sniffles. Uh, but I told him that nobody would care and you would only use it to write cute comments in our iTunes reviews. So if you guys could please make that <laughs> please. happen for me, I, w- I would very much appreciate it. I'll do my best not to sneeze directly into the microphone. Yeah, don't definitely don't do that because that goes directly into my ears. Like I've, I've got like nice headphones that just put, would pile that directly into my ears. And I don't, oh, yeah. I don't need my ears to get creamed right now. I don't need no, any of that business. Sh- no, no way do you need that. Mm-mm. Uh, Chris, we're here to talk about Supernatural. Uh, how are you man besides being a little sick how how are you honestly you know i've i've kind of i flipped flopped a lot on this episode going into this i was like man uh do i hate supernatural now because there's some stuff in this early episode that just it, it missed the mark so hard for me that it 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 changed my opinion of season 9 um and then i feel like as the episode went on it really started to swing back around and draw my interest in again and and shift away those negative emotions so um it's gonna be an interesting one to talk about yeah it's gonna be weird to get into and uh i'm i'm i was kind of the same way like i wasn't like super feeling it uh there's some stuff that happens in this episode that i'm not incredibly happy about but i think overall like they 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 resolve some stuff and kind of set us on a path uh and there's some good brother drama in this and as as i Mm -hmm. think most of our listeners know we're, we're fans of brother drama if it's done the right way right um so before we get into the main part of the episode why don't you hit us up with that road so far chris all right factions are forming lines are being drawn and chaos reigns as the angel conflict continues to heat up on earth metatron has returned calling allies to his side to create what he calls a new paradise in heaven but things are never so simple when marv is concerned the angel possessing sam turns out to be a condemned angel by the name of gadriel who has now stolen sam's body and is using it to work down metatron's angel hit list including poor kevin left without his brother or his prophet it's up to dean and castiel to try to pick up the pieces left in the wake of their mistakes well done chris well done thank you Uh, (laughs) that was very serious no nuts involved i uh totally forgot to thank our patrons over patreon.com monster of the week (laughs) so i'm just gonna shout out those people now and say thank you um our most recent oh man patreon has changed their website how do you how do you use patreon now i don't understand uh our most recent uh patron is rebecca so thank you rebecca uh we appreciate it rebecca signed up and she gets access to our super cool discord server she gets episodes early she gets all kinds of cool interesting stuff including our exclusive podcast uh monster weeks presents uh which we have a lot of those, like we doing stuff for Cowboy Bebop, yeah. for Full Metal Alchemist. We did Doctor Horrible. We done some Witcher books, and we got a bunch of cool stuff on the docket on the docket as well. 
really looking forward to that. So yeah, thank you to everybody that's doing that. And if thank you're you. curious about it, patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, this week we are covering season nine, episode 10 road trip. This was written by Andrew Dabb. This was directed by Robert Singer. It aired on January 14th, 2014. Again, just noting that six week delay between Kevin's death and this, and the, another episode of supernatural airing. Uh, I was, I was kind of, champing at the bit to get at this at this episode to be honest ah, with yes uh dean's best chance of saving sam lies with crowley dean is devastated after kevin's death and vows to find the angel that killed him not only to free sam but to seek revenge castiel arrives at the bunker and suggests they try to separate sam's brain from the angels so they can talk to sam and have him expel totally normal thing. <laughs> it's totally a conversation you and i have had that conversation about several yeah, of our friends yeah. um However, there's only one small problem. The only person who knows how to do that is Crowley. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, once again, I think um, Misha Collins is attributed as a uh, co-star, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, I've, I wrote down, it's been a few days since we recorded and since I watched this episode. And in my, my normal thing where I do on the, like, the then part of it, I just wrote shit is bad. So that's my sum yeah. up of season nine so far. Chris is obviously much more eloquent than I am with this stuff. I wrote the road so far just made me hate this season. Um, it was a highlight reel, which is not true. Like I said, that's how I felt like in the instant when I wrote this, because it's a highlight reel of things that in retrospect, I felt like I had no emotional connection to. Really? Now, we've been enjoying season nine. Like it's been a good time, um, especially that young Dean episode. That was a real good one. But yeah, when they showed everything like that, I was like, huh? Why don't I care? Like, why don't I care that that Kevin just died or that these angel factions are forming? Um, and I'll talk about it as we go. But I felt like the emotional consequences or the emotional connections, I guess, and maybe or maybe yeah, emotional consequences and then and the stakes. Um, I feel like neither had really been established fully. Like at no point during this season did I ever really worry <laughs> that like things weren't going to be all right. Because even though Kevin just died, it still feels like, you know, he hasn't been in any episodes and they've just clearly been using him for a plot. You know, he's the guy back at the bunker who can who can do research for them. Uh, so watching the road so far, I was just reminded that they hadn't they hadn't made me care as much as I wanted to care. Like I said, at the beginning that began to change as I watched the episode. But it was it was like a disappointing start for this. We uh we had a conversation with niz in our discord recently our good friend yeah niz. yeah i said a lot of this in there but. um and and because she had, she had kind of posed the question and this was in our spoiler chat uh but I'm, we're not, obviously not going to spoil anything that happens in the season uh past this episode but she was kind of posing the question of like why don't i care about this angel faction war and uh i think that's a really good question i think that's a really good insight into the show because i feel like they don't really they they set up all of the angels as villains and douchebags and dickheads and like you don't sympathize with any of them metatron is doing his thing i don't know the difference between bartholomew and malachi from the last episode right. i am surprised right. chris i am floored that i remembered either of their names just now <laughs> <laughs> so like i don't have any attachment to them so they're you know just by default their quest to go retake heaven doesn't mean anything to me like i don't right. i don't have any kind of attachment to any of these people and i just i just don't really care about them that said the the stuff that's happening like i'm still enjoying season 9 like the mm-hmm. i don't care about that side of it but i actually have been digging this sam possessed thing I, a lot more than i thought i was going to because when i when i remembered it watching it the first time and this is probably stretched out over 9 months cuz i was probably watching concurrently with the show or at least roughly concurrently with the show like i would 
I would let two or three build up and burn through them. Um, but I, I remember thinking like, this is stretched out too long. They're making this go on. Why, why are they pitting our brothers against each other once again? But they didn't really do that. Like Dean makes a hard decision and knows it's wrong from the jump. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's been regretting this from the day that he did it. And it was only until he was shown that, Oh, he, it, what he didn't do this with a trusting angel. He did this with a, a guy who just let a snake in a garden, which I don't really think is that big of a yeah. deal, but yeah, uh, it's whatever. Like it's only then that we start getting like some, some, some kickback on that. But I, overall, I, I kind of feel like the brother stuff, uh, and the stuff with Castiel is really working for me. Yeah, that stuff I, I all really like, but it, it uh, in a way is almost like in the backseat for the um, the plot the plot junk that's happening. You know, all the angel faction shit is played by either extras or characters who we just really don't ever see. We have no time to really establish anything for any of them. Um, you know, Bartholomew is just like a typical bad guy angel in a suit. Um, at least Naomi, who we had through what most of season eight was it. Um, she was, she was established and she went through a sort of a, a kind of a character arc. I mean, if you could call it that, where you didn't really know what side she was on, she was blatantly doing something that was bad, but it manipulated you a little bit and the performance was really good. So we at least got attached to at least her as an entity, but there's really nobody like that in this season. We have, we have Metatron who like just randomly shows up. We have this guy who stole Sam's body. We have Bartholomew, we got whatever that guy's name is, the other one. Um, and he did. none of them so just, it doesn't matter. None of them seem <laughs> important. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, also, like our main villain of the season, which I guess like they're, they're, tr- they're slowly transitioning, and especially in this episode, they're transitioning villain status to uh, Metatron. But once we find out that this person inside Sam, the Gadriel, and not Ezekiel, uh, so now we have the main villain who's being played by one of the main actors <laughs> so yeah like and yeah. it's 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 not particularly great in, in, that, in that in that regard that said i will say that most supernatural villains aren't that super great like crowley right. is probably the the best villain of the series so far or uh just by just by the fact that they killed him yellow eyed demon was was probably the greatest yellow eyed demon was i mean lucifer in season five Luc- was lucifer good. season five um, also very in good. season five <laughs> um, <laughs> was but, good but yeah, like our, I feel like we don't have a clear protagonist that are really anything that like the boys are obviously it's, fighting, right? Like they're right. fighting, but but, but they what? got Abaddon sitting right there. They had their villain sitting right there that they've introduced this season, but they won't use her. Um, thank God, thank God, Abaddon is here in this episode. By the way, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, my la- I guess my last thing is that I wish that you know as we go, we have Sam starting to question dean a little bit but more than anything because he's sam he just starts to doubt himself he's having these memory lapses and he feels like something is wrong because you know there's an angel inside of him uh but he is he's reacting to that and what i think i would have liked to have seen was maybe the growing distrust with the situation not necessarily with dean but maybe sam starts to doubt dean meanwhile dean is starting to doubt this ezekiel person um i think i would have liked the the drama to kind of build in that way Rather than, I mean, uh, Dean's struggle with the fact that he made this choice, I think, has been really good so far. Um, but just the way that it all kind of comes out here, I just it, it left me it left me dry. I guess <laughs> it left you dry. <laughs> I believe the expression is "I left you." It left you cold, right? Because it left you dry makes you feel like you thought Supernatural was going to get you wet. <laughs> I said what I said. Okay, cool. We're just going to leave it. Uh, I said what I said. We're going to start out with this episode. Uh, Dean giving Kevin a hunter's funeral. Um, I 
I realize this is a very emotional moment. I, I feel a lot of sadness that Kevin has, has passed away and that we have this and they've got some like real emo dad rock thing happening of this. I, I can't I can't help myself, Chris. Like I just picture Dean out there having to gather all of this wood himself and I'm like, God, that must have taken fucking forever. It must like, have taken so long. How long did like did you guys just have a wood pile around in the bunker like to do this? Like, is there a hunter yeah, funeral wood to, pile? Did he have to move the body to a second location? I don't think the bunker is in the woods. Oh man, I just I I this, the, the the logistics of this really get to me. But also this is this is a very nice scene. Like they've and they've shown us this a couple of times. Like we've seen hunter funerals before and they're they're always very emotional and you know, kind of primal. So I i dig it uh um i couldn't i couldn't connect with it i i really did actually start to like kevin despite calling him a human sweat stain before that was a joke you know i didn't really feel that way um i felt like they've done a really poor job of establishing a genuine relationship between him and the boys um i'm sure people disagree with me on that um where jensen always sells the emotional stuff so well i felt like he didn't care or like dean didn't care um and I, I didn't like that feeling. This all felt very hollow to me in the beginning of the episode. And like I said, that, that began to change as thing went, things went on. But I felt like I should be sad that I'm watching this. And then, you know, he comes in and he does the, um, the silent, like, slow-mo smashing of the place. I don't know if that's right now or a little bit later. But I just felt like, you know, this is, this is them going through the motions of, like, oh, what should Dean do right now? Where part of me just felt like that's not really where Dean is at, I feel like, right now. And I get it. His brother has suddenly been like kidnapped by an angel, and it's all his fault. And now Kevin's dead, and he probably blames himself for that too. Oh, he absolutely blames himself for this, and he should. Like this, I think he this was this was his fault. Like I think all of this was his fault. Whether you know his unwillingness to let go of Sam, and we're going to get to a lot of that, I think, at the end of the episode. Um, But I I, I'm surprised that you said that. This actually really worked for me. Like him coming back into the bunker and seeing the notes that Kevin left behind and doing the dumb thing with Kevin's cell phone. So he can see like a picture on the phone or whatever, which, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but like actually looking at that and like thinking like, Oh yeah, both of these people are dead because, uh, you know, I, I ostensibly I pulled them into this life and didn't let them go. And then like smashing up the joint and, and taking out his anger, his unfocused anger. Um, it, it was, was, I thought this was actually really, really meaningful. Yeah. Powerful. That's, that's definitely, that's definitely in character for Dean. So yeah, I don't really know why it didn't work for me. Um, now maybe, this, maybe this made, next scene, I made one too you. many. I made one too many jokes about Kevin not being in the budget. That, that's yeah, maybe so. Maybe you've ruined yourself for Kevin. Is that what's happened? Yeah, yeah but <laughs> this this next Kevin scene takes yourself. a cake. This takes a cake for like the worst shit ever. So it's a uh, we see what is very obviously uh, a a CW rock star like the idea uh-huh. of a, of this teenage rock star he's got like really bad sunglasses and a really bad haircut with like some very rock star clothes he's walking through a hallway with his like assistant who is asking him to um it doesn't fucking matter they're talking and uh, he's basically trying to ignore her you can hear a back a crowd in the background chanting Corey, so it's t- it's obviously time for him to you know go yep. go do the thing um they walk into his dressing room and find Sam, aka Gadriel, uh, and I feel like it'd be, just be easier to call him Gadriel throughout this when yeah, he's when he's Gadriel yeah. just to, to to do that. Um, then he has a really egregious line where, uh, like his, his assistant is is like surprised that somebody is there, and she te- he tells him tells her to leave, and she's like, "Are you sure?" And uh-huh. he says, "Bitch, did I stutter?" And I'm like, "Come yeah. on, y'all!" <laughs> like, what is this? I realize it's 2014. <laughs> like, that seems like it was dated by 2014, right? That feels like it was dated yeah. by like 2007. Bitch, did I stutter? <laughs> Nobody talks like that. <laughs> Nobody talks that way. Uh, but this uh, is an angel. Uh, this guy he recognizes Gadriel, and. Uh, it turns out that this was a angel torturer 
So we know that Gadriel was locked up. I don't think we know for what yet, though, uh, although I mentioned it earlier. Uh, but this is the guy that was overseeing Gadriel and one of his friends, uh, which this guy calls his boyfriend because everything's got to be anyway. Um, <laughs> and then this dude tortured the two of them. And uh, yeah, Gadriel just basically fucking kills him, just stabs him in the chest mm-hmm. before they can get too much information mm-hmm. out of each other. Uh, I hope they both people got a refund on their tickets because I don't think they're getting that concert. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what would you? <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, but I'm 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 just sitting here picturing like if I went to I'm trying to think of the band that I would go to. Let's let's do something like that. I would just got drugged to like a, a big huge star. Like if I got drugged to a U2 concert, uh-huh. and like like it's a lot of energy and a lot of effort to get to sure to do the concert thing and like to stand there and like you're going to wait and then they come out on the mic. I was like, I'm sorry, everybody. We have an announcement. Uh, Bono was just killed in the back room, and like, like me not caring about Bono at all. Yeah, <laughs> like we'd just like, be surrounded dude. by people pouring their <laughs> yeah. emotions, like crying their hearts yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, maybe you might not ever forget it if you're in that situation. So you know, these people got a better show this way. Um, so back at the uh, back at the bunker, Corey's dead. Whatever his angel name was, he has an angel name. I wrote it down later, but not here. I think that, um, was that Thaddeus. Or it's Thaddeus. Yeah. Thaddeus is later. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 He's Thaddeus. Um. I think so. Yeah. Because the other dude is the other dude's Abner. Abner, which sounds like a like, like an old okay man. grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the guys. That was one of the name of the guys in Grumpy Old Men, like five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no one under seventy five has ever been named Abner. Um. <laughs> all right. So Cass Cass shows up at the bunker. That's how we we come back in. He's got his old suit, his old jacket on. It's classic Cass. Um. Unfortunately, his arrival was ruined for me just slightly. Um, because he announces to Dean, I came as soon as you called, but like, yeah, no fucking shit you did. Like, why are you telling him that you came when he called now when you're here? He already, clearly he already called you and knew you were on your way. It's just one of those little, the little plot device things like, oh, we got to let the audience know that Dean called Castiel. Um, and I just, I hate it. I hate it. Sorry. I hate it. I am really distracted by this because, uh. I, I I thought we had established that angels and demons could not teleport in or out of this place. Like this was kind of on a, 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 a teleport no zone. Um, it was warded against angels at some point. So like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did they know? Where so he to- teleported to the front door. And then, or did he drive? Was he still driving at this point? No, that's, I can't and that, and that's, later in the episode, we're going to find out he drove here and then just yeah. walked in because Dean is surprised to see him, even though he apparently called him and like, he came as soon as you called. Like there's, uh, we've only seen one door into the bunker, right? Like, unless he came mm-hmm. through the garage. I, I, yeah. This, this whole scene just seemed like it was set up just for the audience's purpose and not that yeah. anything natural yeah. would happen, which, and I don't like to be treated that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dean and, a remarkable moment of uh honesty which we've seen him do with castiel quite a bit and I, I, something i really appreciate about the, the, their, yeah. their relationship with one another he comes completely clean he, he tells he tells castiel everything that he has done tells him about ezekiel and like everything everything that's happened uh, and why it's gonna be why like a uh, it's gonna be a weight off his shoulders because he had to like exile castiel before and now he's finally like I did all this bad stuff and this is why. And I was never even mad at you, Cass. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you here, but I couldn't I couldn't make that happen because the fans yeah. won't allow it. Um, so as much as it's um as much as it's bad that he has to say all this, I, I bet that Dean feels a, a measure of relief for finally being able to to come clean about it all. Absolutely. And uh 
Dean tells Castiel that he wants to find the guy and get revenge. And Castiel's like, you remember that he is in your brother's body, right? Like if you kill the angel, you're going to, you're going to kill the vessel too. And Dean's like, yeah, yeah, no. And he's like, I can't believe I was this stupid. And uh, Castiel has a really sweet line of uh, you were stupid for the right reasons, which I think yeah. is very, very cute. I like that a lot. It's, it's a nice line. Um, and he follows that up by saying, you know, Hey, maybe it's not going to come to that because I think that Sam is strong enough to, to cast the angel out we just have to we just have to somehow let sam know if sam just knew that he had this angel in him then i i believe that he'd be able to cast him out um and dean you know he doesn't see a, a way to do that even though they were trying to find a spell for this like last episode um but castiel he brings up alfie aka the kid from bugs um and the angel like coding like the hard wire that they have in their brains that we saw uh tortured out of them kind of mm-hmm. um Cass says that maybe they could, you know, they could hack the angel and they could bypass him and talk directly to Sam. Um, and and maybe that would get them where they need to be. But of course, only person who what? knows how to do that is Crowley. Uh, yeah. I, w- do you remember what we felt about the angel hacking when it happened? I feel like I was kind of negative on it. I I, I kind of don't like it, to be honest with you. I, f- I kind of don't like it either. Okay. Why should, I, I mean, it, I, I liked it better when it was like, hey, we can... um. We can do a spell, and it and it will knock the angel back because magic should be able to work on angels. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, but that's, I feel that's like, the level of believability where I'm at too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. but I feel like hacking, like like <laughs> sticking needles into a brain and twisting them just the right way, where suddenly the angels like uh, code their god code appears. Like I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad when I say it, but it, it just in practice it doesn't really fit in with the rest of supernatural. I feel like. So they go to talk to Crowley. Uh, Dean immediately offers up human blood fresh from the tap, uh, thinking, as they've been kind of hinting at, although we haven't seen it this season, that Crowley is addicted to human blood now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that. Uh, what I could really use is a massage. Why don't you get Kevin in here uh, to, to give me a massage? And uh, his tiny little hands can, can, can get these, get these like, <laughs> muscles out or something. Uh, and then from the reaction of Dean and Castiel's face realizes that Kevin is gone. And I think ah, that this... Mark Shepard actually shows like a moment or Crowley uh-huh. rather shows like a moment of genuine sadness of like, Oh man, I cannot believe, boy, that's a, that's a huge bummer. Yeah. Uh, this, this works for me better than, than the stuff at the beginning of the episode for Kevin. I feel like Crowley and Kevin had a, a unique relationship that to, to Dean, I mean, to Dean and Sam, but I think specifically to Dean, Kevin was just any number of other people. Even though they gave him those moments of saying, you're family, you're this, you're that, I didn't believe it. Um, and, not, and I don't know if that's, I don't believe the character or if I don't believe the writing. I'm not sure. Um, but I never really believed it. But because Crowley and Kevin had a relationship, even though it was a very negative relationship, uh, it was openly negative. It was torturous, in fact. Um, but there is something in his reaction. And then he says the line about, you know, I'm the only person who tried to warn Kevin about staying away from you, meaning Dean. Um, and he reiterates to really dig the knife further and deeper to Dean is that like, yeah, everybody who knows one of you boys, um, they die. This is this is your fault. You sh- I, I tried to warn that kid and, and tell, tell Tom to stay away from you, but didn't listen to me. Now he's dead. <laughs> and uh, I. I- I think this is like like you said like I think it's really good like the antagonistic antagonistic relationship between 
Crowley and Kevin was so good. And they've yeah. been slowly hinting at these moments of humanity and Crowley that for this to come out at the moment it did, it feels very much like a demon letting some humanity slip, right? Like this feels like, uh-huh. oh shit, like I, 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 I don't know what to do with these emotions because I haven't felt them for so long. And I think that's what really sells it for me. Um, he, he says he can do the angel hacking, uh, but he wants to go on a field trip. Dean immediately says no and is like almost almost as immediately like seriously thinking about it. Of course, Castiel is like, there's no way we should do this. We can't trust Crowley. And Crowley says, well, we should just get Sam in here to be the tiebreaker. And of course, that's when their face reveals to, to Crowley that Sam is gone as well. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> he did that on purpose. He knew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the scene a lot. Like it seems very cleverly written to, to get these kind of things out. Um Dean eventually agrees and says, like, but I don't have a ride, uh, forgetting about the, like, 18 parked cars and also motorcycle that's downstairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I don't I don't think they ever established that Sam or Gadriel stole the car. Um, at this point, I was just like, oh, all right, I guess I guess he took the car. I guess he didn't fucking, I don't know, fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, <laughs> they, they never show us that, I don't think. I don't unless it, did they show it at the very last scene? No, no, because it's just Kevin. It's, it's just Kevin and Dean at the very last. We don't see. Gadriel yeah, he just bails the out. They yeah. did not tell us that he took the Impala. There was that information was never laid. Probably some again, sort of deleted scene somewhere or just didn't he can teleport. He's an angel. <laughs> Yeah, I guess because he, he's his wings are working. He and he has his grace. Do they not have teleportation anymore? Is that not a thing? I no, because the angels have been well. No, because angels have been driving. Can angels teleport right now? Is the can question that I'm asking myself right at 38 years old on a fucking podcast <laughs> about a TV show that I'm nine seasons deep into? Can angels can teleport? Angel- <laughs> we don't know. Jury's out on that one. Maybe not. Maybe that's why he stole the car. And we, we're just supposed to assume that because they've done such a good job establishing the lore. I- like I feel like they're they've said like their the angels' wings were shredded, but I'm trying to remember if we've seen angels teleport around at all. I don't think we have. They've, right? They've just done so much shit that it's yeah. hard to tell. But since season nine, like they're always they're always just like popping out of the shadows, so you never know. We saw Gadriel get off that bus. We saw that dude driving a tractor around. Like I'm just trying to think. I don't think we've seen angels teleport around. I think we've only true. seen him drive. All right, um, so maybe they maybe they can't anymore. All right, I can deal with it. They definitely they definitely had some some wing uh burn-ups when they fell and i believe that but um i guess yeah i guess i just didn't know but now now we know now and we know that he stole the impala um castiel says that he has a car uh but as on the drive over it just stopped inexplicably and then uh we switch to uh an outside view we have uh, the three of these guys are uh the three amigos what's our what's our crowley cast dean group name you think oh you know i never even uh the three musketeers or something um we never, we never established this group. Did we, we? we have, we have. I don't think we've seen these three together, like on a on a mission before. So, wow. Um, hmm, I should have thought about this beforehand. Maybe we can call them the um, uh, Dean's Folly. Maybe that'd be a Dean's. Good... That's very poetic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These are just three yeah. mistakes that Dean has made, including himself. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Trying to fix definitely. more of Dean's mistakes. Yeah, um, it's um. We'll it, we'll establish it. It'll come out. I mean, I'm even fine with three amigos. Three amigos is fine too. Yeah. Uh, we see this woman, uh, from the side who is feeding her dogs and th- she's watching these, these, these three amigos, uh, come down the street. And as they arrive at the car, uh, we, we see that it is a quote unquote hoopty. Like this is very much a, a pimp mobile, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like it's got, mm-hmm. it's got fat tires. It's, and 
when they finally are going to figure out how to start it up and, and drive off, it like literally bounces around on hydraulics and plays yeah. rap music, which implies a lot about what Crastiel has been doing on the way over here, which I Absolutely. find very funny. Absolutely. Um, but he was burning all of his gas. <laughs> that's that's really what was wrong here. That is why it stopped inexplicably. So Yeah. Um, which is kind of, it's kind of cute. Castiel's been out in the world for a while now. He's been doing all right. He learned how to drive. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you know, know Dean didn't show him that. Like, Dean's not going to risk the Impala for for a driver's ed lesson. Castiel learned how to, I think we take, we take for granted the fact that angels could just drive. I mean, they could do a hell of a lot of other things, but Castiel... He just learned how to pee not too long ago. Driving's a whole other thing, but you when he know, got his he figured it out. Back, does that mean he doesn't pee anymore? Is that no? Yeah, no, no, no. He's it's, everything's sealed up down there. Oh, sealed up. That's oh god. Oh no, I don't like that oh, at yeah. all. Yes. That's that's worse. Than being, that's worse than being smooth to me. Is being sealed up. Like I don't like that yeah, oh, yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't like it's the implications there. of that at all. It's it's there, but there are no ridges and no holes. Oh um, Jesus, oh, ridges god. sounded weird, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they drive off uh bopping with the hydraulics i love the fact uh-huh. that castiella cannon uh loves gangster rap now um mm-hmm. we go to this bar uh where gadriel shows up he's carrying the angel tablet and uh he notices our old friend um and his old vessel whose name i've already forgotten um yeah tending bar and of course he's meeting metatron who is very happy to see the tablet uh and is happy to hear that his the 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 names on his list are dead, but is unhappy that Gadriel didn't show the the gumption to go ahead and kill Dean Winchester. And I'm like, well, you, I mean, you had him. Dean you was not on my list. <laughs> I did not know to kill the, the other Winchester. How is how is Jared Padalecki so good as Ezekiel and so bad as Gadriel to me? Like what? It's, what it's is- somehow because Gadriel's just a, a fucking idiot. <laughs> he's a bumbling fool. He's just he's he's a chump. Gadriel's a fucking chump. Ezekiel, because he was living a lie, he's, I am a noble I, uh, angel, and I am here to protect your brother and heal him from the inside because I'm a good guy. Um, but Gadriel is, I did not know of to kill the other Winchester. He's like fucking Tarzan learned to speak for the first time. I'm surprised he doesn't drop some these and thous in there to really like give his oh, language yeah. like an archaic kind of kind of feel. Uh, but yeah, there's something really stilted and stiff, and I know that's on purpose. Like I don't want to insult Jared's acting. It's right. just it's a it's a it's a character choice that I, I do not like. No, Gadriel is a fucking chump. All right, <laughs> write it down, sign it. He's a chump. The uh the most important piece of information we get out of this conversation is that Metatron has flipped a switch, and now that Kevin is dead, there's not going to be any more uh, profits, so nobody can... And I appreciate that they always call them fucking switches, and yep. they don't ever just say, I enacted a spell, I broke the seal, I changed this, I changed... It's no, I flipped the switch! Ah! Yep. There's a There's a control <laughs> panel, there's a knock in heaven that you just go to is full of switches and it's switches like this. Like there's a switch that says profits and there's a yes and a no. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what yeah. this is. Yep. You um, just got computers controlling. You know what? Let's just leave it at that. I you know want to step away from meta- that. He's, he's speaking metaphorically, but you know what, Marv? That's what I think of you and your switches. Marv gives Gadriel another name and uh, is kind of threatening towards towards Gadriel a little mm-hmm. bit. Gadriel's kind of pushing back of like, how many more people am I going to have to kill? And he's like, look, you signed up for this. You signed up for being my number two. You can either do it or you can walk away. I do not know what I was signing up for. <laughs> it sounds like me and you voicing a JRPG game that we have written <laughs> together, right? Like we need, yeah. a, we need a villain voice for this. And me and you were like, I have no idea. I... This sounds like a good voice for a villain. Yeah. <laughs> 
please yes. be my JRPG villain voice actor if I ever write a JRPG, Chris. We need to take virgin nuts in order to power. I did not know the older brother had no virgin nuts. I did not. Right. I also did not know that virgin nuts was a euphemism until right now. I did not know. Uh, but he tells Gad- Gadriel, like, either get with the program or get the fuck out. Uh, and if he gets the fuck out, he'll just continue to be Heaven's longest running joke. Um, do we not? We we still don't know, right? Like, or do we get? Told I think last- I think he said in the last episode that he like was supposed to guard the okay. garden or something. Okay. Maybe but they didn't say like they really fucking pile it on in this episode. <laughs> uh, we go back to that to that woman that was walking her dog when she spied our uh, our three amigos, and uh, she has now killed her dog filled up the dog bowl full of blood and is making a phone call to uh, Abaddon to fill in that she saw Crowley. Um, and then we jump back over to the boys. Uh, I don't think we talked about this, but they had a brief discussion of who was going to sit in the back and Dean makes them both sit in the back, which I think is incredible, hilarious, incredible. super great, <laughs> incredible, best outcome possible of that yeah. entire arrangement. I love incredible. it. It's so good. Thank I you, can't Dean. believe we didn't mention it. It's yeah. so funny. It's so good. Like, and just seeing them drive off with Crowley and, and Castiel in the back seat and Dean in the front seat is, in a, in a and they're not like on great. either side, like Cass is in the middle yeah, I think, yeah. and Crowley is like at the door. So they're like right next to each other. It's so funny. Um, they have arrived at uh, what looks like just a normal business establishment. Yeah. But what Crowley says is actually an NSA listening post. And uh, and he has planted a bowl. I was never... Is this... This is a demon? Like, she never flashes eyes. This is She's definitely a, a demon. demon. Okay. So, yeah. she, so Crowley planted a mole in the NSA. And, uh, of course, the guards come up and say, you know, you, you're more than welcome to to see Miss Cecilia. I think her name or Sicily is her name or I don't know what is it. Cecily. She don't she don't um, last long. She yeah, she doesn't get, don't get used to this strong female role model. No. Uh, so, uh, she kind of she she asserts herself a little bit, but a stronger uh, female role model yeah, takes her out later. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Well, um. So yeah, she uh she reveals to to Crowley once he goes in to, to talk to her. You know, he makes the um he makes Dean and Castiel wait in the waiting room. But he goes in and talks to her and uh she is like, yo, Castiel, he was human, but he is currently rocking around with some stolen grace. This is new information to him. Yeah, remember Crowley has been has been locked into in the Winchester basement and fed like drips and drabs of information that he's been able to pick up uh mm-hmm. for quite a long time now for for many many weeks uh also she has a whole routine about how fucking hot castiel is which i find very yeah. hilarious she's like oh my yeah. god like I'm not into human castiel but now that he's got his wings that dude is something like uh-huh. she she kind of leans into it a little bit which i find very hilarious yeah um and then she gets us with a little tidbit that she knows all this because she <clears throat> tuned one of our satellites to oh. pick up angel radio oh man how does she uh, know the term angel radio how does anybody know point, the term angel radio at this point i did try to smash my tv but thankfully jess was there to stop me um oh stop stop it stop get some help enough with the angel radio shit leave it be she was able to hone in on angel communications anything literally anything other than angel radio don't say it again i'm tired of it you want to you want to fix this line chris i'll fix this line yeah. for you let's fix this um, line let's hear it based on the information that you gave me after you tortured that angel i've been able to tune our satellites to communicate with their with 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 tune their tune our satellites to pick up their communication done perfect that also ties into it, the whole hacking angel thing that we're going to do and like because the that way back. that she says this implies that just it's like it's a fucking radio station, and they're all walkie-talkies. That's yeah. how that's how this sounds to me. 
it's like every and I, I'm sure I've said this before, but it's like how every superhero movie like they just constantly talk to each other, even if they're like a planet away from one another. Yeah, like they all have like we just the movies just assume that everybody believes that they have like long distance communicators at all times, despite you know Captain America wearing fucking wings above his ears, and there's not any room for that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, unless unless the wings are the actual communicators, in which case blah 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 blah. Uh, Castiel had originally said that he'll be listening to every word of their conversation, but uh, she has warded her office and he is unable to listen in. And, and he's fucking deep in conversation with Dean. He ain't listening to shit. Exactly. Uh, she says she feels also feels in a Crowley on Abaddon, who says that she doesn't have uh, much support. Uh, and everyone's kind of waiting to see the the fallout between the two of them. And he's like, well, I know you're loyal. And she's like, you know, I've been pretty much playing both sides here. Like I'm, I kind of know where my spot and you can see Crowley kind of grudgingly respects that honesty, which is going to be her downfall later. Yeah. I feel like Castillo is like, or Castillo Crowley, I'm sorry, is, is more kind of on the, all right. I mean, uh, yeah. All right. I get it. I'd I do the same thing. So now I trust you. <laughs> Crowley is definitely a demon's going to demon kind of guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, well, I mean like, yeah, he's, I would, he's would absolutely do the same thing. He's, he knows the rules. He knows how these things work. And so he's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh and then she, he asked her to pull up the the impala which she just instantly does because we live in that society that can be done so uh-huh uh-huh um i think i mean it's not it's not yet but i just want to call out that he does call it dean's phallus on wheels which was um, very clever very fun very, very fun, fun very fun um um so we we she tracks the car down to a place called somerset pennsylvania uh where we see gadriel getting out of the impala to talk to Abner. I forget Abner's last name, but he, his name was on the list. Hello, Abner. <laughs> and Abner's just fucking in the garden doing shit. And he's like, oh, can is you it, come is back that a, later? Is that, a, is that a metaphor? Yeah, he's he's digging his, he's digging a hole. I don't know. Um, and uh, I, I must speak with you, Abner. And he's like, yeah, come back later, guy. Um, this is a lot to take in right now. You, you, you sound pretty weird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> I get that a lot. You, have you ever watched? You, you've watched Arrested Development, right? Yeah. Do you remember when um uh George Senior had the the guy from Coach doing the I, I don't remember what they call it, but he was basically just on the phone with a guy, and the guy would repeat everything that George Senior said. Like he talks like yeah. that. Like yeah. that's the yeah. kind of guy. It's uh, very strange. So, uh, Gadriel recognizes Abner. He's another angel. Uh, Abner, like you said, it's basically like, hey, uh, wife and kid are leaving. Uh, why don't you come back in like a couple of hours, which I would love to know what Gadriel did for the next three hours while he was waiting for these two people to leave. Like, yeah, he, he fucking sat in the car and he just stared forward. Exactly, like right? Like he just stared straight forward without doing anything. Um, um, well, he was racked with, with self-doubt. Also, I like that this, it's like the middle of the day and he's like, oh, the wife and kid are going to a movie um, and then they're gone forever. I mean, they they never come back, and they it's it's like the middle of the night when this episode ends. They they so, went to see they went to see the Hobbit Part One, with the movie yeah, that literally never ex- ends. The extended edition, too. The extended yeah. edition, yeah. It's back in theaters, everybody. Yeah, uh, the old fave. Um, so they sit down and talk. Uh, Abner says that he is now doing customer support, which is kind of like being an angel, except people call you up and you just help their, help them with their problems directly. Um, and he says he's he has a whole family, has a wife, he has kids. Uh, he is happier now as this mortal than he has ever been as a, as an angel because he was he made a really crappy angel. Um, I was very confused. I was like, sir, you guys fell like six months ago, tops. How do you have a wife and a, and kids? This doesn't make any fucking sense. How did you afford this house? 
in this economy what how um, tell me your secrets you need to i need but to, I, need to I need you to marie condo me on this on how to yeah, how to, how to please, have your success please i need to know uh, how do i get to the nut um what they, is a mortgage why must i have one yeah but this fucking abner fellow just replaced this man so um he his wife thinks that she's boning down with her husband really it's this fucking angel because apparently the husband was a bad guy um i thought that only like really devout people could get you know what and i was Doesn't i was going to bring this up because like if this guy is such a like cuz he implies that he uh was a kind of a drunk and he was uh beaten up on the wife and kids a little bit or something doesn't um, mean you can't love Jesus. I guess it d- means you can't love Jesus, but I mean, like, why would why would that dude ever say yes? <laughs> like, what did you yeah, say to him? I, yeah, <laughs> they they just forget. They forget that there are fucking rules, man. Yeah. Um, Gadriel tells him like, "Hey, I killed Thaddeus," and uh, and Abner is like, "Oh Brother, man, I, 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 I killed Thaddeus." <laughs> I'm like Abner's like, "I really wish you hadn't hadn't done that." Like, I'm viewing this this fall, this angel fall, as a second chance. Like, I don't want to go back to old wars or old reasons for old wars uh which is an interesting take like we 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 haven't really seen this from an angel yet this is an angel that completely wants to sit on the sidelines and kind of just live this quiet life and never be um bothered with this angel war thing which i I, which i kind of dig yeah gadriel responds as if he's never like heard somebody have like a different opinion than him uh and he's like oh brother abner he responds like he has not been living with dean chester dean winchester for the last 10 or 11 weeks Um, abner also says that the the key to a good life uh is to or the key to happiness is getting the one thing that you want the most and never letting it go and that it's worth the price of whatever you have to do to get there, uh, which plays into the this, the themes that we've been dealing with of yeah. people uh, going to great lengths to accomplish their goal, whether or not the goal was worth it or not. I um I feel like this one's really weird because his goal in this question is stealing a family from a mortal yeah. and living. Yeah, he stole the family. <laughs> um, this guy this guy fucking deserves whatever he gets. Obviously, I mean, he de- he deserves what's coming to him. I'm having a really great time uh, having sex with this woman who thinks I'm a totally different being. <laughs> Yeah. A totally different yeah. species and and right. pretending to be the father to this little girl and sending them out to watch six hour movies. Uh, so I think it's t- totally worth the price. Yeah, great. I like the thematic consistency a lot. I like that they're, they're despite some of the plot shit, I think they're doing a really good job of really hammering home people doing things for the greater good. Um, but at like actual great cost yes um, me too i think they're actually doing a really good job with all of that they are re- they're really keeping true to those themes in there and it's not just dean it's not just castiel or whoever it's a lot of different people and um i i really appreciate that but this is just it's just kind of hilarious <laughs> uh dean and castiel show up in the street uh they find the impala dean does a real gentle caress of this impala which i got mm-hmm. boy boy mm-hmm. Boy, do I like the Impala, but not like anybody's relationship to the Impala yeah, whatsoever. They're, make, they're making me dislike the Impala, man. <laughs> when I was when I first watched the show, I thought it was just the coolest fucking thing in the world, and now I see it, I'm like, I just like I, I'm I'm worried that Dean is erect right now, and I just feel like it's inappropriate. Yeah, don't put your dick in the gas can. You know what I'm saying? Just don't get your dick yeah. out of there, Dean Winchester. Don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it, Dean. Don't do it. Stop. Actually, you know what? Stop doing it. Stop putting your dick in anything for a little while. I think that's <laughs> that's what we need to. See. It's not. It's not. Don't. Because that's it's too late for don't. Yeah. We, need, we need to reach stop. Stop. Yeah, just put your leave your dick in your pants. Never I, look. I want you. Never mind. I'm not going to get into all of this. But uh, 
So uh, Dean walks into the house. Uh, he finds Abner dead with the throat cut. Um, he hears some water from the other room and finds Gadriel yeah, casually his, washing his hands, his bloody hands. Um, again, what what are angel powers? Because in the last episode, what are angel powers? Castiel got his grace back, and like not only did he heal his wounds, but he took all of the blood off of his clothes. So, like, mm-hmm. what are angel powers if you have to wash your hands? Yeah, last episode, um, Gad here he vaporized Kevin's brain with his hand, but he's, you know, still got to fucking wash those mitts up later. Or, or, or and this could be a symbolic thing. Like I'll, I'll, I'll give the writer some credit because wait, who wrote oh, this true. episode? Was it true? Dab? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Andrew Dab. Yeah. Maybe Dab's trying to do some, uh, some, some, it's deep, like it's some, deep. Some, some like on the nose, <laughs> like I got to wash this blood off my hands, but it's not uh-huh, coming off uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, Dean confronts him. Gadriel immediately knocks Dean out, just throws him into some books and like Dean's passed out. Just yeah. Forget boom, boom, it. bang. And then, uh, before really anything can be said, Castiel sneaks up and punches him, and now Gadriel is knocked out in Sam's body, which I will count as a knockout for Sam. I'm like, we're not keeping count. I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. But, but I, I, this is a knockout for Sam. Sam is Sam still has to have this concussion, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if, I just I feel like one punch is just you know I'm in whatever you know it was literally a single punch and he's out long enough for them to go to a second location, um, long enough for them to transport him from the living room. Uh, to the Impala, uh, most likely in the trunk. I feel like Sam 100% can't fit in the trunk, so they had to put him in the backseat, and Cassiel had to just watch him, and then they had to bring him to this wet pipe factory. Um, it's more of like a dusty branch factory, but because um, uh, I think like this tree's outside. I don't know. I could be wrong. They bring him there, they tie him up, and then he wakes up. So that is, that's the strongest punch of all time. You know, I've watched enough boxing and MMA and stuff to, you know, these guys, they get knocked down. These really strong guys, they get, they get knocked out, and then it's honestly like usually it's it's right away they snap back up or even after a while it's like 30 seconds and that's a lot 30 seconds is a long time who's your favorite mma guy i don't have a favorite mma guy i just like to watch guys punch each other sometimes that's Um, fair that's totally fair yeah i don't Um, yeah i don't i'll follow it but um this is this is what i would like to call big punch cast i think we can just call that big punch cast. absolutely absolutely Uh, this guy's knocked out for like for like an hour to an hour and a half (laughs) over and over again so uh yeah th- this this is very funny to me that, that that he gets knocked out and it's and for so long uh we go back over to the nsa chick who is now being confronted by abaddon who looks fucking terrifying and i love abaddon yeah. so much uh yeah. cecily tells her like she's been playing both sides and she gave all this information to crowley and abaddon just walks over to her cecily like slowly rolls back her chair into the wall and then she pulls out the angel blade and just stabs cecily straight with it and now yeah. cecily is dead uh, it just goes a- to show the the extreme difference between Crowley and Abaddon. Because uh, she so even says terrifying. to Abaddon, she's when she says that she's playing both sides, she's like smart, right? And Abaddon just like a shadow looms over her face, and it's like, no, that was not smart. It's uh, it's very scary. I love Abaddon so much, Chris. Like she's yeah. probably my favorite yeah. character on the show right now. Yeah, um, she's cool as fuck. We go back to the bunker where they've got Gadriel strapped to a chair. Um, they threaten him to, to to leave. Is that where they go? I they go to the bunker. Oh, I wow. just assume I assume this is where they kept crowd. No, because Ab- right? Abaddon breaks in later, and she's not allowed in the bunker. Oh, this is just another wet pipe factory. It's just yeah, that's what it was the the dusty branch factory or whatever I called because it, it looked like there was trees outside. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just like they're near a window and they have all the lights off. Yeah, that's, yeah. I you guess know. I, I guess it just I guess I don't know why I thought it was the bunker, but yeah, you're right. You're because they, they she does come in later. Uh, but yeah, shit. Okay, man, that makes even less sense that they would bring it back to a fucking <laughs> yeah. abandoned pipe factory. Um, uh, 
So they got him strapped up. They threaten him, and he refuses. He basically says, like, hey, even with me strapped down, I can rip to this body from the outside, like Cassiel tell him. Um, and Cassiel's like, yeah, he could probably do it. And he says, like, if it makes you, you guys feel better, Sam is trapped inside of his own head in a dream where he's uh, hunting ghouls and something about cheerleaders, which I believe is a direct callback to that episode, right? Like, we had a ghouls and cheerleader episode, right? Yeah, I think it's it. That feels like it's far away. It's hard to remember. Yeah, I definitely know. I remember Dean making a really like ooh cheerleaders kind of joke, and I'm like, Dean, yeah, come on. And I don't yeah, remember. Like twenty eight year old Dean was like, let me meet some seventeen year old girls. Che- that sounds yeah. like a good idea. Hell yeah. Does it, Dean? Does it? You want to go to jail forever? You pedophile. Do you guys um, like Cheers or is it just me? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, um. So. Dean asks, like, why he's doing any of this. And, of course, Gadriel says, I'm doing what I have to do to, to be able to do this. And Dean says, well, so am I. And uh, thus proceeds the torture of Gadriel slash Sam Winchester. And, Chris, this was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they just, um, Crowley just sticks a, a fucking metal spike directly in Sam's temple. We see it go in. The sound effects are incredibly gruesome. Sam starts screaming. Dean is looking away. Castiel can barely maintain eye contact. Yeah. It's it's really fucking gruesome. Like this that's is angel this hacking, is bro. Yeah, it's angel hacking. Um, it's so funny. Like right before this, it's like, um, when when what's his name Gad is trying to um, it's trying to like bluff and be like, well, why don't you just stick. A, a knife right into your brother's chest if you're so sure about whatever um and dean for not even like one quarter of a millisecond is able to pretend like he could actually do that he looks like he's trying to be tough and then he just just tears are swimming in his eyes it's very silly um and then, like way way to win that standoff guy um <laughs> really to show me business by crying immediately um and then but I, I do appreciate that a second later because this is dean we're talking about here and he immediately starts guilt tripping galadriel or whatever his name is gadriel um immediately he's like i thought you were one of the good guys this is bogus i'm like you know what i appreciate the dean guilt trips even as enemies we need that i mean dean is is kind of the king of the guilt trip right like he's gonna make you feel bad for like that's kind of the problem with dean sometimes and i think that like that's not that's not uh me saying that it's a bad character i'm just saying like his that's a character flaw i don't like i like dean a lot and that's that's definitely something that would make me feel bad to be around dean if he was constantly fucking guilt tripping me about not saving sam one time sorry man he got he got into the lake by himself he's a grown-ass man have you seen him he's seven foot tall (laughs) Yeah. thought the dude could swim. It's not my fault that the kicks don't work underwater, okay? <laughs> um, writing some fanfic about where I accidentally kill Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam Winchester <laughs> as I'm a lifeguard on the edge of a lake somewhere. Wow, this is writing itself, Chris. I gotta, this can is you, really writing can, itself. Can, can we come back? <laughs> yeah. Can we take a break? Yeah, I need to make five. some notes. <laughs> um, so uh, Crowley, is, uh, he's hacking into Sam's brain or whatever. Um, Dean can't handle it, so he walks away to go cry. Um and Cass goes with him, and I was immediately like, "Why are you leaving Crowley alone with him? Why are you doing that?" It didn't matter. That didn't. That didn't. That didn't play into it at all. And I feel like they really want Jensen to cry, and Jensen is so good at crying in this show, but he legitimately like he can't get the tears because I think, uh, like like us, Jensen is like, "This is all. What the fuck is any of this? This is so stupid." Um, <laughs> so he just can't cry, and it's just kind of awkward. Um, for me, that's how I felt. I felt like he just like he wasn't in the moment because as much as I think that they're really hammering the themes home here, um, and they're gonna do it again here because um, who does he say? Um, one of them says uh, it wasn't easy, but I didn't have a choice. Oh yeah, Castiel talks about how he had, he got powered up again, he got his grace back, and he says it wasn't easy, but I didn't have a choice. 
Um, and Dean says, yeah, that's usually how it goes. And I really, really like that line. Me too. Dean, yeah. the way, the way that he delivers it even is like really selling his predicament of like, fuck, look at the situation that I got myself in. Look at, look at where we all are. Look at the pain that I'm feeling. Look at what's happening to my brother as Sam is screaming in the background. Um, and, but, and, and summed up in a line like, um, yeah, that's usually how it goes is that's good to me. That is really good writing. That's interesting. That's subtle. And that really keeps with those themes rather than kind of asking him to cry in this situation i don't buy that for a second um but i do buy his the way that he delivers this line it's like it feels like jensen was like he got the he got dean he knows what dean needed to do here but the writers were like no but then you walk over there and you cry it's like no that's not in in the heat of the moment like this that's not what he's gonna do um but i'm I'm with you i feel like dean would emotionally shut down during this and maybe um, I'm overreacting or like kind of misremembering it, but I feel like he looks up at the light at one point and it's as if, you know, his eyes are supposed to be swimming, but they're not really. And and again in that moment I couldn't I couldn't connect that with Dean. Even though he's been through a lot, so like it makes sense. Like Kevin died super recently and um his his brother is going through all this. Like in, in on one level obviously it makes sense that he would cry, but it just wasn't in this moment wasn't selling it for me. And his inability to um I don't know. Inability is the wrong word. It's a, um, it just, it sort of seems like it's running counter to the theme that they're establishing of um, consequences for your actions hmm. and his like resignation of those consequences. You know, I, I don't know. I do like this conversation though, because yeah, same Castiel comes over and after they, they talk about it just briefly, Dean says, well, how are you, man? And Castiel's like, I'm fine. And he's like, no, no, no. Tell me, I, I need something to talk about. He's like, well, what do you want to talk about? He's like, I want to talk about anything that isn't demons sticking needles into my brother's brain. And Cass is like, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Dean proceeds to apologize for kicking him out of the bunker and says, you know, I was totally played. And Castiel was like, don't worry, I was too. So I guess we're both just a couple of dumbasses. Um, and I, I, like, I like this a lot. The the Dean and Castiel relationship, uh, it's been it's done this since the very beginning, since like the first time they started kind of humanizing Castiel a little bit. They've always mm-hmm. had this, especially Dean has always been really open with Castiel, um, even through like some some real rough spots. Like he still had that Castiel was still his friend, and he still wanted to save yeah. Castiel, even when Castiel was on a pretty dark path. Um, so I, I like all of all of this stuff. Oh, I, I really appreciate the, this like human moment with Castiel and him just being a good friend of saying like, "Hey, you know, man, like, you know, I guess we're both a couple suckers." Whatever he says, um, it's it's a it's a real like, um, co- a brotherly thing to say. Not to imply that that's the relationship. I just mean like, it's it's that's that's what he's there for. You know, they're not both spilling their guts to each other, but it's a good friend thing to say. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a. a- I think the I think what we're skirting around here is like the Destiel implication, and I think you could easily right. interpret this to be a a close member of your family, or this could be a really close friend, or it could actually be like somebody you could be in a relationship with. Like this kind of this is the kind of thing that you want to. This is the kind of support that you want from your relationships, and no matter where they where the, where they those orig- relationships originate from, and I think that that it really works. And and Castiel and Dean and Misha and Jensen have that kind of chemistry to really make that work on a, on a couple of different levels. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Crowley is done. And, uh, this is the first time our group learns that the angel is named, uh, Gadriel. Castiel explains that Gadriel, uh, allowed Lucifer into the garden. Dean's like the actual garden because G- Dean doesn't, hasn't figured out that everything that he knows and has ever heard about is real. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> he's still surprised by this for some <laughs> reason. Like you, you've, <laughs> 
I was going to say you've met God, but like you, you have been in heaven, my dude. Like you have gone to literal right. heaven before. Yeah. <laughs> you have been to literal yeah. hell. Like why? Do, why does the garden yeah. freak you out about this? Uh, uh, and Castiel gets, and this is where I kind of didn't get it from. Uh, this is where it kind of loses me a little bit. Castiel is fucking pissed. He says that uh, it's all his fault, all of it, the corruption of man, the demons, God left because of him. And I kind of feel like Castiel at this point. I was point, like, I feel like y'all y'all made Lucifer a bigger deal last time, and now it's fucking this guy's fault? Yeah, and like, and, and like it's, Gadriel like had a job, and he failed it. Like, he didn't do what Lucifer did, which is corrupt right. man. Like, it's okay. Like, if he was just bad at his job, then you blame the employer that hired him. And, like, God right. should have probably, <laughs> being the all-knowing being that he is, the omniscient being that Should have done is, a background check. Should have done a fucking background check and found out that Gadriel had bounced checks all over heaven. He's just, <laughs> he's just a fucking check bouncer. That's all he is. <laughs> Who even writes uh, him, a four dollar check, Gadriel? Much less fucking bounce it at the yeah. Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> you, wrote a, you wrote a check for a six pack of Diet Pepsi, Gad. What what is going on here, buddy? Do you know how many racetracks in rural Texas has your fucking picture behind the register, Gadriel? God damn, this is ridiculous. I was gonna put you in the garden, but you don't deserve that. I'm gonna give it to Lucifer here. I'm gonna different. give it to Abner. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to fucking Abner. <laughs> Abner, you're moving up. What did uh did they understand? Abner? I know, I know you're 180 years old, but we need you in here, buddy. Yes, I'm here. Oh, fine, I'm, I can I can guard the garden. Uh, did they ever tell us why Abner was in jail with Gadriel and was getting tortured? By the way, I don't because he was a fucking punk dude. Because he was a punk dude. Okay, cool. Because he kept trying to steal people's wives and kids, and they were like, "We can't have this, dude." Um. So Castiel is, is super pissed. It starts like literally shaking Sam and like, he, like he's going to do something. And of course, Dean intervenes. Uh, I mean, Castiel is, is an angel at this point. Like he, he yeah. literally lets Dean intervene, right? Like that's, that's just what happens. Yeah. He's, yeah. He wants but to Dean's be like, hey, please, Can you like chill this? There's needles in my brother's brain right now. I need you to not rock the, the cradle. Castiel is that like 14 year old kids. It's like, hold me back. Hold me back. And like just pushes yeah. his arms behind him and there's nobody there. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'll come after you. Hold me back. Hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Huh?" laughs> um so crowley tries to talk to sam uh but it, it doesn't actually work gadriel wakes up instead and says he could uh he could sit there for years and watch crowley fail uh so gadriel despite all of the angel hacking that this is not working all of those nails and screws into sam's brain for no apparent reason for no goddamn reason just new scars that he won't have yep um, um all right so i don't know the logistics of any of this shit i don't know if it would work i don't know if the canon in the lore supports it but i'm i'm honestly i'm down to clown with the thing that happens next i i, I actually like this and i'm surprised i'm surprised at myself for liking it chris because this seems yeah, like the kind, same. This, this should be the thing that i would complain about yeah especially after <laughs> yeah. you and i going into full fucking old man yells at the carlisle territory about supernatural lore on yeah. this episode like i don't know why this works but for it, both of us i can't because it was we first of all we love crowley and second of all, I think it was just, it came as such a surprise. I, I didn't expect them to go about it this way. I was sure that it was just going to be um, Sam fighting from within his head or Castiel kind of getting in there and talking to him or Dean speaking directly to him and it was going to be this big emotional thing. What I did not expect was Crowley be like, hey, yo, I don't fucking need permission. Um, get his tattoo off. I'll go in him. I don't care. Hey, I, just real quick while we're 
while, while we're nitpicking stuff, wasn't there uh-huh. a whole episode that ended with uh, Castiel and Sam being in a guy with Alzheimer's brain because Castiel has angel powers and could get him in there to talk uh-huh. to him? Yeah, and they went to Cartoon Land in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't is that? Does he not just have that power anymore? Well, was that was that different grace well, power? That that guy was a psychic, so maybe they were on some other uh, plane Ooh. of existence. Ooh, um, pulling this shit out of your <laughs> ass, I love it, man. You just came up with that on the spot. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take I'll take psychokinetic guy has weird angel ability, yeah. angel talking abilities. Yeah. I like it. Uh, um, oh man. Yeah, they they first want to start out with Dean proposes Plan B, which at first is Castiel, and of course Castiel can't join in because uh, yeah, how are they going to convince Sam to do it? Yeah, also everybody's reaction to Dean proposing this like is is bad. Like even Crowley is like, yeah. this is not a good idea. I mean, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'm game. I'm down. Um, yeah, but this is not and a good. You just got you got. Uh, Gadriel in the back be like no lame lame not cool Gadriel Gadriel mysteriously quiet during the planning phase of this operation to be honest yeah. with you <laughs> just not <laughs> saying a goddamn thing what are they playing Abner I have to I have to finish off Abner <laughs> yo, yo, yo homie Abner dead like we just have a screw in that part of your brain so you don't remember it anymore yeah uh <laughs> Cra- Castiel does not want to do this eventually C- Dean just kind of demands that he burns off the tattoo uh crowley volunteers for this but of course he wants he wants a prize he says if i save your brother for you i get i get to leave i get to you got to take these cuffs off and then i'll I'll leave out of here and we're good and uh of course i think there's at some point with this where he's it's later where they do the i I love you too thing but we'll get to that um (laughs) dean asks why he like how he trusts him to get out he's like i'm really fond of this body and i'm not one for sloppy seconds which seems metaphorically gross to me a lot of a lot of implications there uh, at, but the, at this point I, my, I, at this point I, in my notes i wrote boy <laughs> this is a bad idea so <laughs> um and you know it's funny d doesn't doesn't he doesn't have it hesitate for a second like uh, c- could it can it even be worse like it's already bad so it can't get much worse also we don't get to see what the room looks like once crowley does this so we does it is his body just lying there limply oh we do <laughs> did dean and Cass have to support him up do they show him yeah, yeah they actually show it there's a scene where like dean and castiel are just there and these two empty bodies are just like slumped over across from one another oh that's right, like, that's he's, right. he's just yeah. going he's it looks like he's just nodded off because he's he had one too many um so Dean tells Crowley to when he sees Sam in there to say the word Poughkeepsie because that's their code word for get the fuck out and run. Um, he tells Gadriel tells him I will destroy you to which Crowley wittily responds eat me. Yep. And then Crowley smokes out of his existing meat suit and into Sam and then both of them pass out. And uh, I really appreciate that when they go into Sam's head Sam's working this case and he is doing research. Yep, he's a fucking nerd, even in his dreams. He um, is a nerd. He's, he's just, like, calling out to the other room, like, Hey, Dean, um... I don't know. I don't know what he says, and I can't think of anything funny. But, um, they he calls out to the other room, and then Crowley is suddenly just there, like, Hey, what's up? What's up, Sam? How you doing? <laughs> and I do love Sam's reaction, like, Holy fuck, Crowley's in the bunker! Like, what happened? Yeah, uh, yeah. And he... he Sam, of course, does not believe this. So he picks up a gun, and even after the the code word, even after he says Pekipsky, Sam's kind of disbelieving. So he picks up the gun and shoots Sam, which of course doesn't have any effect whatsoever. Um, yeah. He tells Sam to start remembering that he can use that big, wonderful brain of his to start, you know, bring back all of his memories. And Sam starts to actually remember things. We start seeing flashes, and then he says, "Kevin, and I will give Jared like a huge amount of actor points for this. Did I kill Kevin? Delivery uh, on the line is really, really strong to me. Yeah, it's like 
it it I'm very happy to have Sam back in that moment of like he's not playing Gadriel anymore. He's not playing Ezekiel. He's Sam realizing something really, really bad. I'll be honest with you, Chris. I kind of miss Sam. <laughs> like I didn't think I didn't yeah, realize man. that until this moment <laughs> that I I was kind of missing Sam in this equation. Like I know I've talked a lot of shit about him over the last couple of years, but I I kind of miss Sam. Yeah, you gotta miss him sometimes. It's a, you know most supernatural episodes have him in them yes, yes. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't in this jared padalecki was but sam wasn't at all and uh, he was barely he, in the last episode either i'm surprised sam even got in the credits to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> uh crowley tries to get him to leave tries to encourage him but gadriel shows up behind him um also crowley being like even when he says did i kill kevin really sad uh crowley very supportive no you didn't he did and that's when he's like boom fucking dr- shoe other shoe was dropped like you need to understand that there's somebody in you and it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> you have several people in you right now is the Sam Winchester problem. Um, yeah. I, I, this moment too also marks a kind of a turning point. Like Crowley has been um, almost unwillingly helpful throughout this episode. Uh, he, there would be a real easy way for Crowley to see Gadriel behind him, realize that there's no way that he's going to be able to run away and then just, leave right smoke out of his body tell mm-hmm. dean mm-hmm. and that he's not going to be able to do it and then wait for another opportunity to try to get out of his uh bonding and try to get out of his uh imprisonment but instead he actually sticks up for sam winchester and this is the moment he where we, a punch he, he throws a punch at gadriel and kind of starts throwing him around a little bit and i think this is our, our first this is not our first clue but this is our first like solid evidence that some sort of change is happening with crowley like we're starting to see yeah. him um be more sympathetic and have more human emotions yeah i mean spoilers but he's not up to anything he's he's no funny business yeah that's he's, which is he's interesting. keeping his end of the bargain which yeah. is i mean of course crowley is like the only character who's like never gone back on a deal but that doesn't mean he's not playing all sides of it or whatever but here he is legitimately doing what he said he was going to do and, and he's for, putting his best effort in for his trouble he gets his ass beaten because Gadriel kind of takes him to the curb basically and then uh Gadriel and Sam start fighting and uh when we're saying Gadriel by the way this time we're actually talking about the actor that plays the uh, Gadriel's first vessel the team about to start Battlestar Galacta hunk I believe we call it hunk yes exactly right um they fight there's a lot of back and forth um I think Sam does a kick at some point so you know that's that's funny for for all of us uh, uh, here at Monster of the Week um eventually and he's tried to tell Gadriel to, to get out of his body, but he's got cut off. Like Gadriel's like literally shut off his oxygen, which also brings up some really interesting consent problems that I have with angels and possession, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually Sam gets the upper hand, puts his foot on Gadriel's neck and says, I said, get out. And uh, mm-hmm. we go back to the real world and blue smoke, this blue angel stuff is smoking out of uh, Sam's body. It works. And then of course, yeah. Crowley goes back to his body um and then back at the bar we get this brief scene where uh marv has been sitting drinking what looks like 18 martinis conservatively oh yeah and the bartender is like man you look like something weird is going on he's like yeah i'm I'm, I'm expecting some trouble and of course like we get that whole angel shake the shake the restaurant blow up the alcohol Mm -hmm. bottle scene so he gets he gets repossessed yeah um and now it's um it's back to our (laughs) Our harrowing conclusion to this episode because there's still there's still a lot going on. Yeah, you would think that this would be a pretty decent ending, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, but no, it's it's not it's not quite that simple. So Sam is back in his body; he's back in control. I mean, he was always in there. Um, but as they're pulling the needles out of him, you know, Ugh. Crowley Ugh. has left. Oh Jesus, Crowley has left. Ugh. 
and they're uh, they're pulling the needles out of Sam's Ugh. brain. Um, Abaddon shows up, and she's got her fucking gang with her. Yep. Um, and oddly enough, Crowley steps up and he says, "Go, I'll handle this." Um, and I think it's Dean who's like, "Oh, because you're such a good guy." Um, and Crowley's response to that is, "Right now, I'm the goodest guy you got." I love that. I, line. I really like the really inappropriate good. grammar there. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it's it's good. Um, Dean has to ruin the moment because he's like, "That doesn't. We're not cool. I'm still gonna kill you." And blah blah blah, whatever. And Crowley's like, "Yeah, buzz off, Dean. I'm gonna handle this. I got bigger uh, fish to fry." Crowley's response actually is, uh, "Yeah, I know, I know, I love you too." And then just like turns around. Yeah. <laughs> I, that really dismissive kind of Crowley moment, I think, is really good. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's good shit. And then yeah, then uh, Queen Bee walks in. Yep, and she immediately demands that her flunkies uh, bring her Crowley's head, uh, but they don't move. And uh, and Crowley kind of goes into this impassioned speech about uh demons still being loyal to him and how essentially like if she she's been she's been ruling as a tyrant when she when he, which she's really wanted to do is is rule as a democratic le- uh, leader mm-hmm. and says that mm-hmm. you know because at one point she's like well let's fight this out let's end this right here and he she says well this that's where you're going wrong this isn't a fight this is a campaign and i'm you know it's it's hearts and minds it's not just it's not just the might that wins and uh, this this is probably the first time that we've seen Abaddon kind of rocked back a little bit. Like she doesn't expect that Crowley to be quite this manipulative and and smart. And I think she's starting to doubt her authority as the as the current queen of hell. Yeah, he's like, hey, I know that you think that you're like um, the new kid on the block. I know you think that you're you're the new hotness, but th- things have been operating a certain way for a long time, and you're you're really trying to change things up. But you, you don't really get what this is. This is this is something beyond what you're used to. You can't just beat people into submission and expect to be the queen of hell. You gotta, you gotta roll with things, you know? And, and Crowley gives his campaign speech, like, uh, like a kid running for class, uh, president or whatever. He's like, well, we're going to have free ice cream every day at lunch and no homework. Like he's giving them the, he's giving them the good shit. And of course the demon version of this is virgins and entrails, which. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, spread the word vote Crowley. And then he is, he's gone. Um, and that's that. And then we go back to our, to our boys. Uh, Castiel heals Sam's external wounds, but says it's going to require multiple healings to heal his inside wounds. Although Sam is still getting around. So we still have some, some plot juice left out of these, this whole Sam being kind of, kind of run down. Um, Castiel like walks away from Dean and Sam and Dean says, okay, uh, let me hear it. And we finally have this confrontation that I think everybody has been waiting for, for the last 10 episodes between Dean and Sam. Yeah. Um, you start off with the, you lied to me again, um, to which Dean says, I didn't have a choice. And Sam just kind of pushes right beyond that uh, into like, I was ready to die. You know, I didn't, you, and you didn't give me that choice. Um, also they're, they're on a bridge in, in the rain at night. It's very dramatic. I mean, um, the bridge is in the rain. <laughs> the boys are uh, under like yeah. the world's tallest umbrella that we can't see because they are not, they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not wet at all. No. Um, Dean, uh, Dean tries to reassure Sam and all this is, you know, Kevin's blood isn't on your hands. It's on my hands. And, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get revenge on, on Gadriel. Um, but I'll do it alone because obviously like I keep, this is, well, Dean goes ahead and he calls himself poison here. Um, everyone keeps getting killed around him and he, he's, I, Dean has always known this. Dean has always kind of carried this with him, but obviously it being kind of spelled out. So, uh, literally in front of him this episode you know really comes to the forefront um uh he tells himself that 
or he says, I tell myself I, I help more than I hurt, but it, it, that's, he doesn't really feel like that's true anymore. And Sam says, this is, this is kind of where we end off is he says, you know, go and, and I'm not going to stop you, but don't go thinking that that's the problem because it's not just go. He's not saying, Dean, I'm not going with you because you're poisoned and you hurt everyone around you because you live a dangerous life. Sam's just like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> everyone around me dies too. I don't give a shit. What he's saying is like, I'm not going with you because of because of the choices that you make, not because people around you die. I'm not going with you because of all of this. And you lied to me again. Um, and yeah, Dean, Dean drives off. I, um, I, I love Dean's speech here. Um, he's, he's obviously trying to be heartfelt and open and emotional and try to take on this responsibility for Sam, which is not something that you can really do. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily think, and I, I maybe ha- I may have would have to review the the text a little bit. Uh, I don't think that he actually says I'm sorry for for doing this to you. I don't know no, that I he don't th- actually apologizes, don't so. which is very Dean Winchester. Um, but also saying that he'll he'll burn for that in reference to Kevin, I think is is really impactful. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I very much enjoy Sam's reaction to this, which is like, hey, if you say that you're you have to do this alone because you kill everyone around you, then just get the fuck out. But know that I don't want you. I, that 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 line of I don't think that that's I don't have that problem with you. You have that problem with you. I have a whole different problem with with you that we should yeah. probably talk about sometime. Um, and then our boys break up like they have done several times throughout the the seasons, and uh, and it's very sad. This one feels like more of an open discussion still. Like, it's not a, you know, fuck you, we need to go our separate ways or whatever. It's just like, uh, if it, this, this argument, even though the, the things that the argument is about are just so wholly wacky and unreal, but something about the argument itself feels a bit more real um, and grounded somehow because the stakes aren't all the way up sky high. The stakes, I mean, yeah, they're breaking up, but it's... I, I don't get the impression that they're never going to speak again at the end of this episode. Of course, I mean, I know that, but sometimes when they fight, you're like, oh, fuck, how are they ever going to repair this? This, you know, I don't know how they're going to repair it. They need to rebuild trust and all that stuff. But it felt like a more realistic argument to be having. Yeah, this is this is I like, again, when we talk about brother drama, uh, fabricated brother drama is something that I am very anti against actually having these two boys uh, have to confront their principles which is Sam's willingness to die at a drop of a hat and Dean willing to sacrifice almost everything, including his brother to just to save his brother's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like having those two come to the forefront, having Dean say like, I had to do this to make you survive. And Sam saying, I was willing to die. That's not your decision. And having that be the, the core argument of, you know, you lied to me again, you tricked me. You don't trust me. You're always treating me like a little brother who doesn't know what he's doing. It doesn't know what it doesn't trust me to make my own decisions. That is a good, that's good fucking brother drama. Like I'm here for this. And, and Sam laying that on the table of like, I'm not scared to be around you because you think everybody dies around you. Like, I just don't want to be around you because you're a fucking liar and a hypocrite. Like that's, that's the, big thing and like that i think that's the reason this works so well is sam's reaction to it and i i'm I'm very curious i don't remember quite how all of this resolves hey guys there's there's 14 seasons of this like obviously this all this this shit is going to be water under the bridge at some point but uh i'm i'm actually looking forward to see how this resolves in season nine because i'm I'm actually really enjoying all of this like this this stuff is really working for me and as much as I, as much as we bagged on like the angel faction stuff, and as much as we bagged on some of like the technical lore, quote unquote, canon things, like all of this is really like I, I thought this was a really good episode. 
Yeah, um, I I definitely was coming in hot with a lot of complaints, but I do legitimately like the way that this ends. Um, I think that they managed to pull it together, and again, the the consistency of those themes. And these are this has really been Dean's season for the for the themes, I guess. I mean, they show it through Castiel, they show it through a lot of side characters, but the the price you pay for the things that you want, you know, yep, um, I 100%. think they've done a, or for the choices that you make, really. Um, and I think that that they've they've just. Dean's the one walking away. Dean's the one who did the wrong, and Dean's the one walking away. I think fits thematically with that because he 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 knew he knew it was going to come to this at some point. He knew if the truth got out, this is how this is what was going to happen. He's resigned himself to that. He doesn't blame Sam, and we, that's what we saw it in the first episode. Like when he when when Gadriel, who we thought is Ezekiel at the time, says, "There's no way that you can tell Sam this," and we see him like it, his eyes literally well up at the thought of trying to hide something from from Sam. That, and yeah. I think that's that's the core problem is it's not that Dean didn't like what he did. It's not like he was enjoying it, but that's not enough. Like he still did it and he still took the decision away from Sam. And that's what really fucking hurt Sam. And I I, I don't think that's totally justified. Like and I, I and I also see the same thing from Dean, though. Like if it was if it was fucking autumn in this situation, I'd be like, oh, man, I, you know. I mean, this. I don't know who this angel chick is, but like, hopefully she can cook. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Autumn's just a really good cook, y'all. I'm not just straight up misogynistic. I promise. But, but I would have like confronted with that same kind of thing. Like, it would be a tough choice of do I do I let somebody that I love more than anybody else in the world die, or do I if I'm allowed this 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 possibility this chance do I do I do I take this chance so that I could have them back in my life and I right. so I, I, I see both sides of it which I think is why if both brothers are kind of right I kind of I feel like this why this this brother drama works for us so well yeah I can see that totally they're both um I think they do a good enough job of showing us both perspectives so we aren't like totally on one side or totally on the other what, nobody's drinking demon blood, okay? They were just trying to help. Exactly. Nobody sacrificed a bunch of innocent people that were possessed by demons and turned them upside down yeah. to fill to, use, to fill up milk jugs full of their blood for Sam to guzzle. Right. Nobody drank anybody. Yeah. Nobody drank everybody. Anybody is yeah. It's a positive party. Is right there. Right there. Um, Definitely. Definitely. I feel like I've said my piece. How, how, how are you feeling? Do you have, do you have more to say? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm good. I hope I don't come off as too um, too annoying or too uh, too salty. No, I think we're good. I think I think both of us are. I, I think I, th- I think the two of us getting um, aggravated at like like the, the just the mechanics of things as uh, something that's going to keep happening. Unless uh, like I, th- I feel like yeah. it's just going to keep happening over the over the years because it's going to be more and more of like how many people have keys to the bunker if they had to go dig up a fucking like wizard to get the first key. <laughs> yeah, like how many like are, are you, you can't take that motherfucker. It to doesn't Lowe's. look like the kind of key you can just make a copy of. No, you yeah. Can't. I mean, yeah. like I mean, like th- there's gonna be little shit like that that I'm gonna keep calling out because I find it funny and also kind of aggravating. But uh, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't think we're people are gonna think we hate the show or anything. Um. And if you do, you can at us at MOTWCast <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. Thank you to everybody leaving comments. Uh, we've gotten more comments from people saying like, oh, hey, I'm just not being able to catch up or I just started the show and I love it. And thank you so much. Like that, that's I, yeah, I've said it before. You. That's never going to stop getting old. Um, no, no way. Thank you to the patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week for contributing a little bit of money to get some cool stuff in return. We really appreciate that. And uh, Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? 
I'm at local bones on Twitter. At one-eyed Donald Duck. I am at JG Greer. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, you can find them podcast at MOTWcast. You can find links to all of that at monsteroftheweek.cool. Watch this space for a new announcement pretty soon. We're getting gearing up for something kind of cool and weird and dumb. So uh, check all of that stuff out. And we'll be back in a week with um oh this is kind of a boring one. Tim Amundsen guest stars as Kane. So <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's kind of a okay. bum- that's kind of a bummer of a preview. All right, All <laughs> right. <laughs> the one after that's way better. Bye, everybody. Bye. Remember when we did. We were like, we're, we're going to just drop down to one episode a week, and it'll be like an hour to record. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened. I don't know. We don't. We we had it like light and tight, and then now we're just we're used to our format of taking as long as we do. Yeah, and I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind recording with you. I, I think it's a lot either, of fun to like to delve off into this stuff, especially without supernatural. Yeah. But we got too many jokes. I had a, I had a joke that I was I had I had thought about the other day when I was walking my dog and I've been I was I've been trying to work it into the and I was and of course if you try to work in a joke it never comes up oh yeah uh, I came up with I swear like even just today like six bits like Monday I was like oh this is something I got to bring up and then Tuesday this is something I got to bring up and then today this is something gonna and I forgot all of them by yeah the time of course we yeah. <laughs>
And then I, a few minutes later, laid back down and was like, all right, I'm just going to finish this out and then I'm going to go to sleep. Well, about 10 o'clock at night, I finally, I finished my samurai quest and I was filled with the samurai spirit. I could really, I could feel it. As you, you know what I mean. It was Bushido. I found out Bushido was a lie, but you know what? The Bushido spirit lived on within me. Um, and so I stood back up expecting to to still feel really shitty because i was laying down i didn't feel as crappy but it was when i would stand up my head would spin and whatever but miraculously i woke i, I stood up and my head was t- totally clear my, my sinuses didn't feel clogged anymore i could breathe i could hear everything was great and i thought i'm i've been filled with the samurai spirit it has cured me of my cold um and then i woke up in the morning and you know the the spirit had left me <laughs> oh lame. and i was sick once again <laughs> but um so so it didn't really you know my anecdote didn't really work out the way that i wanted it to but that now you know that i'm a samurai and final fantasy well i'm glad that you're a samurai i'm glad that you've been filled with the samurai spirit um do you get to do samurai shit in as that game because that to me all you do in that game is like push some buttons and then pose for pictures well yeah <laughs> what do you well, what do you mean by samurai uh samurai shit i don't know like do you get to like give me give me a list of your samurai skills in that game and I will I will judge them on level of samurai-ness <clears throat> as a um, as, as a straight white dude who's never been into yeah. any kind of asian territory in well, his life. All all of like I was a ninja previously, but all of my skills were like backstab or um things like that. I can't think of a single other one. Um but as a samurai, all of my skills are, are have have Japanese names and as such I don't know any of their names. But I can do cool pose, poses as as we discussed. Um, I can, I can sheath and unsheath my sword at will. That's, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm wearing a kimono. Also very cool. Um, uh, cherry blossoms come out of my sword sometimes when I do special attacks. I don't think real samurai could do that, but it does, uh, summon the spirit of Japan, at least, um, to my white boy ass. Um, so I think that that's kind of the limit though. I don't, I can't, you know, I don't serve a daimyo, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like taking rice from peasants or anything like that, or um, doing politics. That 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 aspect of the of the samurai is lost on me. I thought I could um, Google a list of samurai skills, and mm-hmm. uh, and I did. And there's it's actually what's, what's, what's <laughs> called a job action. Is what this wiki page is is listing. Oh, um, yes. But I'm afraid that if I begin to read these. I'm just going to butcher the pronunciation of like basic ass words in Japanese, and I don't really want to do that. <clears throat> but you've got some it's cool not a path you have to walk. You've got some cool stuff. You got some. You got a Hakazi at level one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's going to okay, deliver an attack all, with, level... with a potency of one fifty. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to increase your kinky gauge by five. Which <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe that's pronounced kinkai. Yes. I don't know, but it's definitely it's kinky. I'm, no, I'm you're calling right. it, I'm calling it the kinky gauge from now on. You got it. You uh, got it. You got a uh, you got a Jinpu. Yeah, I mean, I'll, this is I. I'm as as lost upon these as, as anyone because I only a, unlocked this last night. You, you got a, a Fuga. I do know that one. I do know Fuga because I was like, I can pronounce that. <laughs> you got a uh, you got a Kasha at level forty. Uh, that delivers a, an attack with a potency of one hundred. It has a combo action with Shifu. And a combo potency of 440. That also, by the way, does increase your kinky gauge by five. Um, Indeed. And it grants Ka. So if you needed, oh, if yeah, you needed no, some of that. For sure. Yeah. I'm sub- I feel like I'm more confused than you are at this point. Um, Merciful Eyes? That seems to be a healing spell. Hmm? Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know about that one yet. Um, 
Wow, the level 70 is a Hitsuasu Gurin. Oh, wow. And that, that says it delivers an attack to all enemies in a straight line before you with a potency of 800. You gotta be kidding me. For the first enemy. Uh, 25 oh. less... 25% less damage for the second and 50% less for all remaining enemies. But still, like, mm. I mean, that's still pretty good. Like 25- You do that on one big enemy, you got him. You do use that on a boss? Yeah. Sayonara, sucker. Uh, but unfortunately, that's going to cost that kinky gauge. You're going to need that up to 50 before you can really pull it oh, off. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, understandable. Do you want me to keep going um, with this? There's some traits. No, I'm so confused. It's, it's, it's samurai spoilers at this point. Uh, oh, man. You got some actions. You got some roll actions. You can do a leg yeah. sweep. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> There's one that just calls crutch. Okay. So yeah, I'm kind of bored with this bit. Just yeah, you, so you just you just study it up there. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna. I'm just gonna close this page. You just then, lost in thought. Um, close this thing that came up on Days of Future Cast earlier today. What um. What game have you been playing? Is it de- de- Death's Gambit? Dead Death's Gambit. What so, is um, Death Gambit is a really, really cool game. I think you would dig it. Uh, it's 2D. I guess it gets, it gets lumped into the Souls-like category. I don't really feel that. I'm not with that Souls-like life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's very combat-focused. The combat seems drastically different depending on what class you play. Uh, so, uh, there was a class called Death's Occult. And I was like, is it a quilt? A cult? It's got to be a cult. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, and you, you start out with a, a big giant scythe. And uh, I was streaming. Ooh. I streamed for about three hours the first day and about four hours the second day. Um, pa- Patty was in the chat, had, he, having just finished this game, and uh, was remarking about how easy I was finding everything because he started with daggers, which have zero range. And, and oh. my scythe but can just literally clip through walls and kill stuff that I can't get in touch, can't touch me. <laughs> So I was doing I was doing really well. Um, it's got a really neat risk reward system. So like you can, so you have I'm just going to call them by Dark Souls names. So you have Estus, right? Um, mm-hmm. Every every time you use Estus, you get healed, uh, but you can sacrifice that Estus at a bonfire. So you can say like I will go into this fight with three less Estus, but I will do 130 percent damage as opposed to just my normal 100 percent damage. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool and clever. Like I could, I could really make yeah, maybe make or yeah. break a boss fight if you just need that extra extra bit of health. Um, I'm always that type of dude that will go into a boss fight and die, and by the time I finish it, like I'll finish the boss fight and have like tons of health left over, right? Like because I just mm-hmm, you get mm-hmm. you get good as you as you progress through the game, right? Um, it's got a really it's got really good writing. Uh, there's a character called Death, and he cracks me up all the time. He's really funny, and uh, it's got these really crazy, interesting, and weird boss fights uh, that are just fucking bonkers and like well and the game does some some really strange shit throughout and then there's a uh like it's i know it sounds like a like a fantasy game but then you get to a boss and out of nowhere it's, it's a sniper boss and you're like excuse me <laughs> what is happening okay <laughs> um but really really fucking cool boss fights uh the trailer that i sent you i i watched that trailer because i was like i wonder how spoilery this trailer is and uh mm. i I was watching it right before I finished the game. So I knew I was coming up to the end. And then the trailer shows like all of this stuff, like almost a shadow of the Colossus style ascent of a, like a, a creature that's walking like a giant monster that's walking and you're like carling up its legs as levels. And then there's like this dragon flying and you're like using a grappling hook to, to, to keep up with the dragon and all that other stuff. 
apparently that's not in the game at all. <laughs> like that just doesn't exist. It got patched out. Huh. So that's really weird. What? Yeah, okay. it's really strange. Like the game that's there is really good, but like once I saw that, I was like, oh man, there's got to be some crazy shit coming at the end, and there there was not. So I'm watching the trailer now. I mean, it looks pretty fucking awesome. It it, it is very cool. Like it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really pretty. Um, it's uh, it's. I mean, I I didn't find it extremely difficult. It uh, but it's. Oh, and when you die, that, that was the other part of the risk reward thing. When you die, you uh, you basically drop your Estus, and then you have to go recover it, or you have to pay oh. your souls to get that 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 Estus flask back. Um, but you don't lose your souls when you die, like in Dark Souls. Like so, you just okay. re- have to go recover your health. You get to keep all of your currency, which I thought was pretty neat. Really interesting yeah. game, like uh, really really fun. Really kind of goes throughout. Does some like mind fucky stuff towards the middle. That's really interesting. It goes to some weird crazy characters and things like that so yeah I, I played it i finished it and then i started up new game plus and then i played uh i was i don't know how many i mean i probably spent about 10 to 15 hours to finish it the first time and then uh, i played mm. for about three hours in new game plus and was uh most of the way through the game oh dang so, so it like so it's, once it's you, one of those games it's yeah once you once games. you know it you, you you really know it and, mm-hmm. uh, and i'm mm-hmm. sure that there's some secrets and stuff that i'm missing they did some really cool stuff like at one point i found i was in an area and I picked up something called an energy cell and I was like, well, that's really weird. And it kind of came up at the top and it said, you know, energy cell, energy cell will be depleted in 300 seconds. And I was like, that's really fucking weird. And so I just kept going. I never found a place to use it. And then way later in the game, I was, I came across something and it said like needs energy cell. I was like, oh huh. shit. And then I've unlocked shortcuts back up to that place I was before so that it would make sense. Cause I was like, how the fuck am I going to get from point A to point B? And oh yeah, I've unlocked all these shortcuts that let me just zip right to it, which is really cool. Oh, so, is this, this is on switch, right? It's on PS4 and switch. I played it on PS4. Okay. I feel like I want to play this in my hands. I was just, I was Googling around. I think it might and be then, a fun game and, to play on your, on your hands. I don't, uh, I have mm-hmm. a little bit of difficulty with the switch controls. Just, I think I have, cause some, you got gamer hand. I've, I've got gamer hand and the switch is made for a uh, noob gamer hand. So, you know, right. Right. They, right, they wanted right, to bring right. in the, the, the mom gamer, I guess. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's accurate. Uh, what have you been playing lately besides final fantasy 14? Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. I actually bought Devil May Cry 5 and then didn't play it because um, I I started it. I started like the fir- the very first like tutorial fight thing, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get confused because it's an action RPG or action game. Like like Kingdom Hearts is an action game, and I should just finish Kingdom Hearts. Um, because yeah, I'm on Kingdom Hearts 3 now, and it's like every other world that I've gone to in this game has been good, and every other one has been really really bad. And uh, it's 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 driving me crazy. Like I did the Toy Story one, and it was felt like it was a whole unique story where the things that you were doing mattered to the overall plot, and you weren't just like in a Disney movie. Um, so that was fun. And then I went to uh, Tangled, the movie, the movie Tangled, mm-hmm. uh, the, or the world of it, and it's just the movie. It's just, here's the movie, and then sometimes like the, the characters in the movie are like running around with Sora. And then when something big is about to happen, they make Sora go to sleep for like 45 minutes so that plot from the Disney movie Tangled can happen. Um, and then you fight a boss and that's it. And it sucked. And it just was super boring. And I was like, God damn it, I'm, re- I'm at the finish line, but I'm burning out on this game. Um, and then I did the Monsters, Inc. one. And despite it being the most horrifying visual i've ever seen is, is if you type in, in google sora monsters inc you'll see the worst thing of all time it's it's horrifying it doesn't even have pants on it's awful to look at that ended up being super fun because it's just uh like it's just 
it, it's a in, individual like for the game story. I'm not in the movie Monsters Inc. I'm in I'm in Kingdom Hearts and like shit is happening. Wacky video game shit is happening, and not just uh, a movie. I so that's good. I but. don't know why you told me to Google this because it is literally the worst thing that I have seen all day. It's the worst thing you've ever seen, right? It's yeah. I don't. Yeah. Why does Don, Why does Donald Duck only have one eye? Why is it's Goofy bad. green? It's bad. I don't. All of it's bad. <clears throat> it's, it's not good. Playing through the movie plot is something that I find very strange. Like, I just don't know why mm-hmm. you would do that. I don't know why it was even in the game. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 1, I get why that's a thing that might happen, because it's like, oh, we got these licenses, like, can can we do this? I feel like you never really fully just play through the plot of a game in the first one. I, I can't really remember. But in Kingdom Hearts 2, that definitely happens, where, um, it, you're like, you're in the world of Mulan, and, like, the story's just happening and at the end like a heartless shows up and Sora's like Mulan go do the movie thing and I'm gonna stay here and fight this except that takes half an hour whereas in Kingdom Hearts 3 it took like three hours and I was like I I've seen Tangled I don't need to be here like everything's fine I was about to ask that like have you actually watched the movie Tangled I don't I think I don't I think I'm, I missed a lot of the Disney 3D stuff to be honest with you like mm-hmm. I didn't I watched Frozen years later it was like why is why are I people- watched Frozen like three weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I think I texted you this. That fucking Frozen Two trailer. I saw it in the theater before Captain Marvel, and uh, like, it just it looks like like Frozen Two like emo edition. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what it is. It's fucking Frozen's weird, already pretty emo. It it really is. Like that dude, that chick just cries all the time, right? It's been a long time. Yeah, since and I've then seen. well, yeah, because she can't. She's like um. She's kind of like Beast from Beauty and the Beast. No, that's not even true. She just can't like <laughs> hang out with people because she's a she's an ice witch. <laughs> uh, too cold for friends. That's the, the Jeremy Green story right there. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I, I do that, dude. Who was it in the Discord saying that thing about Sam Winchester? And the director says like, "Oh, act cold," and then he just warms <laughs> yeah, his yeah. hands over like the burning Nazi. I think that was Kinsey saying that, and he was like, "No, that no, no, not great. not literally cold, but like a sociopath." And he's like, "This this works too." <laughs> same thing, same thing. Yeah, same dog, same. Well, uh, I feel bad that you're feeling bad, man. I'm, I'm glad that you're feeling a little bit better it's though. Fine. It's cool. It's like it sucks. Back when I wasn't in any sort of um, leadership position at work, I would just go in when I felt like shit, and like it didn't matter. No one's gonna bother me all day. But now it's a lot more taxing. Although nobody really wants to talk to me because I'm sick, so that helps. Yeah, yeah. They just you stay in your cubicles slash office and do your thing. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, you want to record this? Oh God, do I sound like really bad? I think I'm sounding worse by the minute. You're. I mean, you, you sound. You sound like you. You were. You have a stuffy nose and are recording your podcast anyway. Okay. Like it's not. Okay. It's not unlistenable or bad or anything like that. Sorry in advance <laughs> to you and the listener. I'll try. I'll try to sniffle off mic. Yeah, just point your nose the other way and, and sniffle. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to mark it in the into thing too and try to drop out as much as I can. If I got large sniffs, yeah. Yeah, I'll try to mark big, out your big sneeze, Chris. You big know what sneeze, I'm Chris, coming coming in full effect. Um. I need to find my notes. I need to kind of vaguely remember what we're doing after this in this episode, which I don't remember that well. Um, Kevin died last time. Yeah. Do you have a road so far? I do, believe it or not. I don't think it's very good, but it's there. <laughs> oh, no, that's new. 
if we get started on this and uh, you want to quit, like if we get 10, 15 minutes into this and you want to quit, just let me know. Like I'll just put all of the shit in the outtakes and we'll just do it again tomorrow or the next day or something. Okay. Okay. It should be fine, but okay. <laughs> I'm hoping that as I go, I'll actually, I'll get better. I'll like loosen up, you know? Get get the poison out. Get the poison out, you know. Chris. Uh-huh. In this episode, Thaddeus says, why be an angel when you can be a god? This may be a reference to Eminem's rap god. No, this that's impossible. <laughs> I don't believe that that is the case. I don't believe that for one second. I don't, I don't think that that's ever crossed anybody's I mind. Do, I do wholeheartedly believe whoever wrote that is a huge Eminem fan. I, I, I mean, I, would, I wish we had a, and I, I'm sure I can, like, go through and see the edits that that person has made on the uh, Wikipedia to see if that person just is like, this could be a reference to Eminem's, you know, Stan, <laughs> or this could be a reference to Eminem's Lose It. I don't, I, you know. Yeah. Good, yeah, good callouts. <laughs> Dean 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 eats the eats some spaghetti, and Eminem once said his arms were spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the crossover between Eminem fans and Supernatural fans is actually pretty big. I could see that. Uh, our boy CJ was repping us apparently. Oh, him and, him and some uh, woman who walked into his coffee shop uh, said uh, like they started talking about T-shirts, and she's like, "Yeah, I love that site. This is where I get all my uh, Supernatural shirts." And he was like, "Well, if you like Supernatural." <laughs> So, um, Shout out. If, if you if you heard about us in a coffee shop somewhere in England, because I have no idea where CJ lives, uh, and you got managed to get to episode one hundred and seventeen, like let us know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very curious. All right, there was somebody who walked into Patty's shop as well, right? And they like had a supernatural pin or something on. Yeah, supernatural, not for Amer- not just for Americans. Yeah, yeah. Eminem though, just for Americans. Just for Americans. Yeah, nobody That's likes Eminem true. overseas. That's- I'm sure that's not true. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ASMRJ. It's me, Jeremy. I'm here to read to you some excerpts from a thing that I Googled today. I call this segment, Thing That I Googled Today. I Googled Best Supernatural Fic. And I was linked to this fan-written fiction on archiveofourown.org. The description reads, Castiel Novak is a reclusive writer with a childhood so tragic it's left him terrified to leave his home until his overbearing brother, Gabriel, drags him for a night out of the town full of booze and strip clubs. There he encounters Dean Winchester, and mesmerizing a mysterious trooper with secrets of his own. Both men find themselves inexplicably drawn to one another, and soon Steen's private dances for Castiel becomes much more, as both men confess their troubles and find solace in each other's company. But neither can seem to find the courage to take their relationship further than the intimacy of the club's VIP room. And just when Dean's own brother gives him the excuse he needs to finally admit his feelings, Dean discovers something that brings it all crumbling down. Will they find a way past their demons and their trust issues and back to each other? Thank you, everybody. Please like, subscribe, and click on the bell if you'd like to hear more from ASMRJ. ASMRJ loves you.